Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Gillen, and this is the Light of Truth. Uh, we are doing our second part to the Happy Medium show, and I'm just, uh, wow, having some technical difficulty <laughs> with Blog Talk. Okay, then. Um, so the guest call in number is, um, you know what, I take that back. We're not going to have call-ins today because I really want to uh, keep on topic today. And sometimes when we do guest call-ins, we get off topic. So we are going to have uh, my my current sidekick, Sharon, joining us in just a few minutes. And we are going to continue uh, to part two of the happy medium. And this is to help people understand mediumship and to be able to uh, sort of be safe in, you know, if you happen to be someone with mediumship abilities, it's important to stay safe. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, If you have not listened to part one, that's okay, because I think it's, you'll be able to listen to either one first. That'll be all right. It's just a, a whole lot of random info and stories. Uh, I am a professional medium and have been for over 30 years, and uh, so there are lots of lots of uh, skills and tools that I've learned along the way, and lots of stories to tell. Um, one of the things that we really want to start with. Uh, oh, we have our we have our friend Sharon here. We're going to pull Sharon over. Hi, are you with us? I am. Good morning. Wonderful. All right. So uh, Sharon and I are actually in the same building doing this. So we're going to hope that the sound quality stays pretty good. We're we're separated uh, by a little bit of space, so we're going to hope for the best. Um, So how are you doing today, Sharon? I am doing really well and looking forward to part two of uh, being a healthy medium. Wonderful. I I am going to apologize ahead of time for any doggy noise we may have in the background. We're in a home with currently uh, quite a few dogs. And so sometimes you will hear a little bark or a howl in the background. And, you know, that's just to be expected when you have a very joyful home full of loveys and doggies. And um, so we'll just apologize ahead of time for that. So we just sort of reviewed that last show, the part one of the happy medium um and i saw you were taking a whole lot of notes <laughs> so what where would you like to begin well uh we started uh actually spent a lot of time discussing angels and uh everything around being a happy being a healthy medium uh but that did seem to take us off into a different direction and so maybe just a little bit of a reset of uh, the, the mediumship topic. I do have a variety of questions that I do want to ask um, to, to get us going. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I'm just going to let it roll to you for the moment. Okay. Um, well, so let's... This is so funny. We're we're 
as we're moving forward with mystical truth, there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of figuring things out technically, and so that's I'm wandering around the house trying to find the best spot for sound quality. Um, <clears throat> so we're just going to sit by the coffee maker in the kitchen. That works. My favorite place. <laughs> so, okay. So, talking about, you know what? I just lost what you said. Holy moly! All right. So I'm going to throw one out here. Let, let's just <laughs> jump right you. in. Yes. So for many, you, you, you've had this ability for virtually your entire lifetime. You, you, in the past show, you shared stories of things that occurred in your childhood. But uh, has there ever been a point where you've said, you know, I just don't want to do this? Yes, <clears throat> most definitely. There have actually been um, quite a few points. And um, so one of the things that occurs is when you are a professional medium, if you really think about what you're doing, on one hand it's very joyful to be able to assist people, to uh, help them with unfinished business, to help them say goodbye, to help them ask questions that need to be asked. Um, Just recently I had a, and I am getting to the point, but just recently I had a gentleman who um, had a, there was something of his father's that he had always wanted and uh, it was a rifle, and it meant a lot to him because it was his dad's and that kind of thing. And um, and dad on his deathbed said absolutely not, and told his his new wife absolutely so and so may not have that rifle. Do not give it to him. And this man was really haunted by this, and it was a long. I think it was like twenty some years that his dad has has been gone, and. Um, so one of the joyful things that I get to do is I was able to connect with Dad and find out what was the reason for that. And it turns out that Dad had somewhere along the line realized how dangerous that rifle could be, and he was really afraid. He didn't use it for many years, and he was really afraid for his son and his new baby and all of that. He wanted to make sure everybody was safe, and that was the do not give it to him. So this was able to help this man put to rest something that had haunted him for over 20 years. And so there are things like that that are beautiful, but there are also things where uh, if you think about it, all you're dealing with all day long is people's pain. And it becomes very difficult. And then you deal with some people who um, see it as as kind of a parlor trick. Well, I don't know if this is real or not. Can you? My My mailman died. Can you, like, connect with him? And it's just this kind of ridiculous game to them and and so it's just a it's a whole different world and it can be very depressing frankly it can be very difficult because especially if you're empathic which I am so I feel the people's pain and uh you know I tend to deal with a lot of people who have lost children and so it's just a bit much to handle and so sometimes there have been a few times that I have just walked away for years at a time and just said no no more no more. I can't. I just can't do it anymore. Um, and one of those times was, uh, gosh, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but there was a a movie that was named Hereafter that was a Matt Damon movie. Uh, 2010 is online. It says 2010. Um, and this is a movie about someone who has mediumship abilities and really just 
was going through exactly what I'm talking about. It was just too painful. And so he just stopped doing it. And this movie really highlighted the pain that he went through as a medium. And I realized that so much of the pain that he was going through could be avoided. And he, these are the people that he encounters in this movie. It was helpful. His abilities were very helpful to other people. Uh, but he was not wanting to have anything to do with it because of how painful it was for him. And so... I was very blessed to train with one of the best in the world and um, and to learn how to be a medium without all of these other downfalls, uh, which we did talk a little bit about in the other show. Um, you know, and so as I'm watching this movie, and he played this part so beautifully, he really did such a good job with this part, and I realized, I went back to see it probably five times because my my team... Uh, that works with me was just, you know, you've got to really get this. This is what you're here for is to help other people, not only as a medium, but to teach other people who have mediumship abilities so that it doesn't ruin their life because he felt like it had ruined his life. I know other people that self-medicate and it's just, it can be difficult. Um, If you know someone who's a medium, just know that they go through stuff behind the scenes that you don't know about that is very difficult. And so, with that movie, I realized it's time to come back and start teaching again and and step back into my role. And I, I couldn't avoid it anymore, even though I wanted to. Um, and so there, there was that. And then after a period of years, um, I, again, just had had enough. I just had had enough. And it was just too much. And I think... One of the things that did it was I had a client in the center that I used to work at in Sedona who was a young man. I think he was about 19, and he was such a sensitive empath that he he didn't know how to handle it. And in his reading, it came up that, you know, you need to get some coaching to understand this, or you probably are going to take your own life. You're going to be gone within six months. It was very serious. And that's not the kind of thing that typically comes up in my readings, but for him it was. Well, then maybe a year and a half later, uh, I get a call from a family that's visiting Sedona that would like me to come do mediumship. And so I go and I do mediumship for this family, not realizing who they were. And as I connected with the soul, I realized it was this young man that had been in my office that I had given this message to, and he had, in fact... um, transitioned himself he had decided that he would he would rather not be in body anymore i don't i don't like to call it suicide because um it's not it's not suicide uh there's a there's just a very different vibe to it um but anyway i so i'm connecting with this soul of this beautiful young man that i had just talked to not and he had taken his life within six months so you know and so that affected me very deeply and so I stopped for, again, probably five years or close to it, close to five years. And I was driving to Colorado and I was visiting my friend Spring Rain, springrain.com, R-A-Y-N-E. She's a fantastic uh, nutritional coach and raw food chef. Uh, and 
there are three different ways that you can get there. So it's, a, it's about a 12-hour, 13-hour drive. And from where I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, there are three different routes you could take to get there. And so I was drawn to one particular route, and I didn't know why. I just thought, okay, I, I've learned not to question it. And so I drove this route, and all of a sudden I was guided to pull over on this. There was kind of a pullout on the road, and it was a rather large pullout on the road. And so I, I pulled over just to get out and walk around a little bit because I'd been driving for a long time. And there was a memorial to a young man, and, uh, and I will probably post uh, some links to his family has written a couple of books. Um, it was a nine-year-old boy named Quentin, and uh, Quentin Jackson, actually, and the books are Quentin's Messages and Quentin's Legacy. I've not read the books, but um, I did connect with Quentin, and he was he was my my final push to uh, to just come back and do what I need to do. Because when I connected with Quentin, not on purpose, he connected with me, or however it happened, it just occurs, right? It, we don't always do it on purpose. And it was made very clear to me that if I were able to be in touch with his family, I could give them messages from him, and and it reminded me how much that helped people who had lost children, and and I was basically being asked. I had these pictures of this young man and the story of how he passed, and and him right there, um, and he's joyful and he's fine. He, it's it's amazing how it works, you know, when we pass, uh, but. I couldn't say no to this little face. I just couldn't. And so that's when I stepped back in. And I don't remember. I think that was just, what, maybe a year and a half ago, was it, that I went to Colorado? And yes. uh, and so it was Quentin that that brought me back. And and since then, we've been, you know, in channelings. Part of meeting mediumship is also being able to channel ascended masters and star beings and that kind of thing and so in some of the channelings that we've done for for ourselves for mystical truth to get the direction it's come very clear that mediumship is really the big thing one of the big things that i'm here to help people with and so uh, you know between that movie and that young man i feel like i can't walk away anymore which is um you know, so yes, definitely have walked away. Definitely know a lot of other people that have walked away. It's, it's not an easy, not always an easy thing to have. I do definitely suggest the movie Hereafter for anybody who's interested in what is it like to be a medium and a, a really good uh, representation of that would be that movie. Um, so so does that answer your question? Rambling on and but, on, but... <laughs> no, it was it was actually fantastic uh, because I, I'm certainly very actually personally thankful I don't have uh, front row or in-person seats, but that I've got the box seats because <laughs> when you were describing <laughs> be, being a medium and I have seen what you go through and uh, it, it is by no means easy. Um, you've certainly found a way to, to deal with it, um, but it's this gift that you have. And it was very clear when uh, you were doing the mediumship uh, with the mystical truth team and uh, the ascended masters and such that they were very clear, like the number one (laughs) 
thing for you to bring forward was the mediumship. And I remember sharing that with you because when you're in that state, if you will, you don't, it, it just comes through you. So we record those. And then I also take notes as we're talking. And I remember sharing that with you and your reaction was not necessarily positive. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was dread. I'm sure that the yes. face was dread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen that on you a couple of times after, after channeling. Um, but, but the, being one who has benefited from th- this gift that you have. So you, you've helped me connect with uh, family and, and close friends who have passed over and some who've come across when you, you've been doing this channeling. It's, it's very surprising who, who pops in um, huh. that uh, has decided they would like to talk. <clears throat> and when you are at the center in Sedona, uh, some of the clients that you are working with who come into the center for, for readings, um, from what you've shared, these are very profound experiences that you, you, you can provide for people. They seem to be, yes. It's, you know, and yeah. it's funny because the, the gentleman I spoke of with the, the unfinished business with his father, um, after his session he asked, you know, are you able to do this for yourself? And that's one of the frustrating things for me is that, you know, just we were talking just earlier uh, before the show about how there are so many things I would love to ask my mother. Uh, I'm not I'm not able to connect with my loved ones for some reason. <laughs> so I don't know that it's that way for all mediums, but for me it's uh, – it doesn't work if it's somebody that's so close, like my mother or a very dear friend that it passed away from Sedona. Uh, I don't seem to be able to connect with my own people, which is a little frustrating. Uh, but I've, goodness, I've lost where we were going. Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here today, Sharon. We have been through a rocket ride and a half for the past two months. I just want to share that with people in figuring out where mystical truth is going, in figuring out what is coming up for us, in figuring out um, and just uh, finishing up old projects and getting new projects started while still dealing with a whole lot of all this change that's happening. I find it, at the moment, I'm finding it hard to keep sentences straight, which is, so thank goodness you're here. <laughs> so Let's hope that I help with that. <laughs> Between the two of us, we will. and I'm, We might get a sentence. Right? I I so yes. apologize for the sound in the background. That's the beagle having respiratory issues. He does this backward sneezing thing. So, uh, yes, the life of a mystic. <clears throat> whole lot going on in the home. <laughs> so. And he's right next to me, so I keep trying to mute myself. Right? I so appreciate that. But, yep, he just yeah. is what he is. Love the beagle. So, yes, so... I don't know if I answered what, wow, I am really dazed today and I so apologize. Um, did I so, address what needed to be addressed? <laughs> well, so, so let's go back just a little bit. So um, part of it was just some of the gifts that you've been able to, to share with others and that you have learned at least with your uh, mediumship skills that you, you are not able to currently do this on your own behalf. That doesn't necessarily oh, mean yes. as I've watched you we have evolving about. skills, right? Yes. So. I go. did remember pants today, though. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> you have to listen to the first show to know what we're talking about. 
<laughs> I'm very thankful. Just saying. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful life. Yes, so it can be a little frustrating that I can't do it for myself. But, um, yeah, I'll just have to find some other medium that can help me. (laughs) (laughs) So carry on, yes. Sorry, I got carried away with the fact that I'm wearing pants. Yes, (laughs) it's a joyful day. Uh, So, (laughs) oh, boy. Um, So let's go back to that young man who came to the center years ago and um, ended up being the catalyst for you walking away. Where, yes. how can people get training? What do they do to, or where, where are they, where can they go next? So that people can learn how to manage mediumship. We touched upon it a little bit in the last, in the first part, but I'm wondering if perhaps we ought to spend a little more time there today. Yes. Um, well, it's interesting because the person that I worked with created an entire program that was amazing. They have since passed away, and the program has now become something that is a bit more um, non-integrity-based, we'll say. So I am not comfortable referring people to the program that I learned from anymore, and I think this is, this is part of the big change that's happening with Mystical Truth is that it's time for me to step up and start training people. And so uh, I believe that that's probably what's happening. First off, uh, I do have services uh, that I offer as an awakening coach. And so that is an umbrella term for uh, any of these skills that are occurring. We have a lot of people who are mainstream, not so mainstream, whatever it may be, that have, whether it's mediumship or psychic skills or just this they're kind of coming out of the matrix of the programming of society and they're seeing things differently and they need some help with that. And so that's what the awakening coaching is and on an individual basis. So people can connect with me and, and do coaching. It lasts 12 weeks. That's it. And then if they, you know, after another 12 weeks of just living in that, what they've learned, if they'd like to come back and do another level, they can. But we are, and I'm just going to say it on this show so that I'm committed to it, we are going to bring forth training for mediums and so that everybody can stay safe. So I can pass that training that I got along as well as, you know, since I've been trained, I've also learned even more uh, in working with things. And so there are a lot of things that you can implement to keep yourself healthy and safe as well as your clients healthy and safe and actually be benefiting the souls that you're connecting with instead of just having it be some kind of sideshow thing, you know, or a useless connection. And so I would say that we will have those classes coming within the next four months. How about that? So people can go to mysticaltruth.com. And at the moment, we do have our angel meet and greets that we're scheduling out, and we're doing them close to big airports so that people can fly in from wherever. And it is worth flying in. You have uh, That's the basis for everything. Everybody has to do an angel meet and greet before they do anything else with me. Um, 
anything major, you know. Now we can have the classes that teach tools and tricks and that kind of thing for mediums, guidelines to stay safe, that kind of thing. But to really <laughs> dig in and really study angel meet and greet is something that really needs to happen. Uh, and that just helps them be able to identify their own team to make sure they're working with the right things on the other side and identify the teams of the souls that they're working with so that they can do that team-to-team communication that they need to do to keep everything nice and safe and healthy. So we do have those that are coming up, and we've got more to schedule. We've got one in Scottsdale on September 29th, uh, so you can just come into the Phoenix Airport if you're not local, and uh, it's at La Quinta in Scottsdale, and so it's an easy place to get to from the airport. It's not expensive to stay. We kept everything pretty simple for people. And you have people that have flown in from far, far away for these angel meet and greets. Have they, yes. How have they felt about that? They loved the experience. Um, and, and, again, these are mainstream people. One is a professional project manager. The other is a, uh, a cardiac nurse. And so these aren't people who, who are mediums themselves or trained in that. And they found that to be just a – a lovely, lovely experience, and again, uh, connecting with uh, family members who have transitioned. And it was very interesting because there was one who um, had not yet transitioned, but still being able to connect with the team, doing a little mediumship that way. That's Um, right. That was really neat. It seemed to bring a lot of peace to this person. Yes, it made, yeah. And so when the person did pass, it was much easier for that Yeah, that was interesting. So we do have people that fly in for these classes, and it's just a one-day. It's a two-part class, but we do both parts in one day. And and this helps you learn how to tell when you're speaking to your own team of angels. Learn You are introduced to each one of them. You learn how to communicate with them. You have tangible interactions with them. And so for, to me... In my opinion, having that skill supersedes almost anything else. Because as long as you can connect with that team clearly, you can get the other things that you need as long as you're really building that relationship. And so I would say that's the first thing is get to an angel meet and greet. And uh, it's worth it. It really is worth it. And then we will be offering online classes that will assist people with mediumship with the understanding that we 100% suggest and encourage that they get to an angel meet and greet to refine their skills. And so I would say just keep an eye on the Mystical Truth website, sign up for the newsletter so that you are so – are... what is going on up there? <laughs> it is not me. It is the beagle. <laughs> I just have to tell you, <laughs> we are going to look back one day and laugh at the way that we, we, people, we are working to bring you this information. I got to tell you, I'm sitting on the floor in the kitchen in a corner trying to make it so that the phones aren't reverberating. She's upstairs with three dogs. It's pretty comical, <laughs> but it, it, it we totally will get this is. out to you. So, so coming up next is the reality TV show with uh, yes, and we are only we're not even kidding. We are going to work on having no, we're not. Um, live YouTube channel and and uh, start working with a little bit of a, a reality show because life is just not normal 
as a mystic. No, it just not. isn't. Mm. And Sharon is a very mainstream person who has now gotten to experience what it's like. <laughs> so she sees that it's just, it's, it's reality it's TV worthy for sure. It, yeah, it so, truly is. So, so may I throw in something uh, re- regarding the angel meet and greet? Um, so part of what you were sharing was just have, having the clarity around knowing who your team is and working with your team. And with especially the, <clears throat> I'll say the crunch mode that we were in um, over the past week. Um, mm. one, one of the things, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to come clean here. Um, <laughs> just getting used to <laughs> consistency with your team. When things are flowing well and all that, it's so easy for me to be able to just stop and make sure I've got the team and all that stuff. But I believe at one point we, you, you were assisting me with a, a physical move, and uh, you said, are you calling in your angels? <laughs> and how often have you been calling in the assistance of your angels? So that, that's one of my bits of homework, if you will, is to just embed this, this awareness into my life. And I, I have not done a very good job of that. I hit or miss. Uh, but but that is the other piece is getting to that angel meet and greet and then actually really using it throughout every single day. Yes, agreed. And that that really is the baseline for everything. That is the basis for everything is that connection with your own team of angelic beings. And people, until they get there and they experience it, people, it's it's theoretical. They may believe they're there. They may not believe they're there. They may, who knows? It's, it's all over the map, right? But until, once they have that, uh, that experience in the angel meet and greet and they have that connection, now you can move forward safely into pretty much anything that you want to do because you can work with that team that has the bigger picture, that has clear sight. They're not thrown by the illusions that are cast. Uh, it's, it's uh, a game changer for really your entire life if you use it. And so as far as mediumship right. goes, I would never in a million years attempt mediumship without going team to team. Now, I used to before I was trained. I, I have been a medium my whole life. I've not been trained my whole life. And so I do know the difference between the two manners of of handling that. And when I was not trained... Uh, I had, well, just ghosts all over the place. It was just, they were everywhere. I was seeing them everywhere. They were talking to me nonstop. There was no boundary setting. There was no uh, real understanding of, of how the big picture works. Now, once I implemented my team, and I know loads of people. I, I've done these classes for well over 10 years now. And I have people from all different walks of life and levels of training come in. And I've had so many people that thought they were working with their team of angels. And in fact, they were working with, because uh, our team of angels are not just like spirit guides. They're not things that reside in the astral plane. They are above the astral plane. They're actual angelic realm. And so <clears throat> I have people who think that they are working with their angels. And then they take the angel meet and greet and they find out, oh my gosh, I had never connected with these beings. This is totally different. 
you know, they may have spirit guides in the astral plane, and that's what most psychics and mediums work with is they think it's the same thing, but it really isn't. Until they experience it, they have no idea that it's not the same thing. And so the spirit guides in the astral plane don't have completely clear sight. They don't have the big picture. They're not able to keep you really out of danger. They're not able to keep souls from following you around and bugging you until they get what they want. And, um, you know, so it's, it can be very difficult if you don't have connection with this particular team. And we all have our own team at that level. And so to me, being a medium without that aspect was, was always very difficult because there was no, uh, there was no healthy whatsoever. I mean, I just have souls show up whenever they wanted to. And uh, it was, I guess there was a a show called Ghost Whisperer or something about a a medium. I never watched the one called Medium, and I only watched Ghost Whisperer a couple of times. But similar to that, only, you know, multiply it a lot. And uh, where souls are just showing up and they've got unfinished business and they want you to finish it. And it's like you have no say because you you can't get... um, I mean, you can have a say, but it doesn't always work, you know. <laughs> so it's it's very difficult to do without that team connection and being able to connect to the soul's team because a soul that has passed on is not clear in almost every case. And so you need to connect that soul with their team of angels so that now they have clear sight, they have clear communication. Um, it takes... It takes all the guesswork out. It takes all of the um, illusion away. It it just helps you be so much more precise. So, for instance, we spoke last time, the last show, about uh, the fact that you had had a session with another medium, and uh, just it was the same day. We had had that. There was a uh, peanut butter pie. <laughs> interaction with a soul (laughs) and uh from sharon's life and so you'll have to listen to show one to find out about the peanut butter pie uh and and that day so we were interacting heavily with this soul that day and uh then that evening you had a reading with another medium that we didn't realize he was going to be doing mediumship we thought he was going to be doing intuitive reading and instead it went to mediumship regarding that soul and so you got a very clear example of the two different manners of mediumship so for you how was it to work with one and honestly be honest you know but one medium that works from angelic team to angelic team versus one medium that uh, didn't he even say his job was to prove to you mediumship was real or something that's all he was about or i don't he was a lovely man Don't, don't get me wrong lovely man and and good, you know, but uh, what was the difference between the two? Because that was a perfect example of two mediums, one with the angelic team, one probably with spirit guides from the description that I, I received from him. That, yes. Uh, so so it was. It was off the recording before he and I officially started was his, his, his uh, main focus was um, proving to me that he, he was – able to be a medium that he was psychic and that that 
okay, that's fine, but that was, I, I would be able to tell whether he had that gift or not. And <clears throat> what was interesting is when I got off the phone with him um, and then had started listening to the recording, because it seemed to take forever. It took a long, 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 long time to really get a feel that he was connecting with the right person, with the right soul, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, j- just the clarity when you when you've been able to connect with with any of the souls who who are connected to me, it it has been very crisp. It has been very clear. It I have had no doubt as to who that person is, and who who is coming through. And in this case, I kept thinking, no, that's not. Boy, that's just not quite right. That's right. not there. And that would go back. Finally, I did. There was enough in there um, that made sense that I was comfortable that he had connected with that, that, that soul that I thought he had connected with. And there were a few other things that factored in there, but the clarity and the meaningfulness, I think would be the, uh, let me step on that is when we have worked together, you and I, there is meaningful information being shared. It's not just about, Hey, I can talk to so-and-so they want to share this message with you. And that's, that's great saying, Hey, I got your back, which is lovely. Um, but but I guess to me it's, it goes back to that whole parlor trick. I'm not looking for a parlor trick. As someone who goes to someone who has mediumship capabilities, I don't want you to just channel to show me that you can channel. I am going there for specific reasons. I need healing. I need I need clarity or whatever that is. And I think that's a huge difference that I've noticed when working with you versus, in this case, this other person. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so <clears throat> I do believe I, I want to share this as well because it is part of healthy mediumship one of the things that I'm pretty adamant about is that I will not just contact souls just because you can so it's not like they're just on the other side hanging out doing nothing waiting to see if somebody wants to talk to them. It is the beginning of another phase of life for that eternal being. And so when we practice mediumship and we connect with these souls, we are, it's like a phone call that comes in when you're cleaning your house or you're doing your taxes, you know, it's a phone call. And so it, to me as a medium, I don't like, and won't as soon as I see that that's what is occurring, but I will not just to prove to you that it can be done, I'll connect with this soul. There needs to be a reason. Like that's a long distance call. <laughs> you know? That soul has some stuff going on. They're in the middle of healing or they're, you know, whatever it might be. And so if it's someone who's coming in and just kind of playing games and it's just a, just a see if it's real kind of thing, I'll have no part of that unless there is a, even if it's just a, I just want to know they're okay. And it's a heartfelt, I just want to know they're okay. That's fine because I can go from team to team. And that's where I start is from my team to that soul's team to check on the soul. How are they doing? What's going on? You know, and then I can relay that to the person and I can see, are we disturbing this soul by interacting with them or is it okay? Because sometimes they're in such a major healing process that they, you really just need to leave them be. However, 
if there are answers that the person needs or communication that the person needs, the the soul's team can answer those in most cases. They can say, you know, say it's a, and this is just completely out of thin air, it's not a real scenario, but say I've got a, a young lady whose mom passed away and mom is in that healing process and really it's like the do not disturb sign is on, but daughter just really needs to know, you know, we she passed and we were in a fight, does she know I love her, that kind of thing. Well, I can easily go to mom's team and say, you know, the daughter is here. There's some concern. Does the mother know that the daughter loved her? And that soul's team is going to know how her mother felt. That soul's team is going to be able to communicate somewhat on mom's behalf. And so we're able to make sure that the soul is healthy and getting what they need as well as the person on this side. And I don't see, and that's not to say that people don't do it as mediums, but I don't see a lot of mediums taking that route. It's, uh, it is very much a, yep, see, I can connect with them. It's, it, it's just the kind of the training that most people receive. And so when I'm doing this and when I'm teaching this, it's about everybody in the scenario being better for it having had happened. You know, so when we make contact with somebody, it needs to improve things for the soul as well as for the person who's asking for the connection. And uh, and so that's a big part of things, I believe. And so this this whole just to prove it can be done, I think that was, you know, in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s maybe. But we've really gotten past that now. You know, people who don't believe that spirits exist on the other side and that kind of thing, it's becoming so much less. And I have skeptics come in all the time to the store, and and that's okay. You know, as we work together, suddenly they're not skeptics by the time they leave because I'm not out to prove anything. It either is or it isn't happening. We keep it healthy for everybody. And I find that people are wanting to understand in a lot of cases And if somebody is just really hard-hitting about, nope, that doesn't exist, or nope, that's evil and of the devil, or whatever it might be, well, then that's okay. Then we don't work with that person because they don't want to work with us anyway. So it's the times are changing or have changed, really have changed. It's not even that they're changing anymore. When it comes to mediumship, things have changed. And so I, I think we've gotten past the... I'm going to do this just to show you that it's real. I really encourage mediums to not do that anymore because it's not beneficial for anybody, including the medium. I mean, this is a resource that we have, and it takes from your energy to do this. It really does. And, you know, we've talked about how a lot of mediums become diabetic. It shifts the energy that affects the physical body. Uh, You'll notice that a lot of mediums are either way overweight or really, really skinny. Uh, Their physical bodies take a hit from doing this. And so to, to do that for no good reason seems ridiculous. That proving it to somebody, what purpose does that serve? You know, Um, we're past that in my, in my opinion. And so, I do encourage people who are curious about it to not 
not go find a medium just to have it proven because you have to remember that soul on the other side is they're real <laughs> it's it's not just make believe you know and so if you are curious and you just want to find out if it's real that's fine but think of someone that you know that has passed that there's a reason to connect with them even if it is just are they okay because in a lot of cases as a medium also uh what I find is when we do connect with the souls, they can use a little help. They can use a little healing. And so that's part of what we'll be teaching in the classes also is as a medium, we're not just the communicators. We can also help heal those souls on the other side and help them along in their process. And so it can be very beneficial. I do have people come into the shop and they say, I just want to check on my dad or check on so-and-so because they were in so much pain when they passed and I want to know they're okay. And we check on them. And sure enough, they're unaware that they've passed. They're unaware that they don't need to have that situation anymore. And so I pull their angels in for them. I help them understand what's happened. And then they're good because they realize they don't have to feel that pain anymore. They don't have to go through that anymore. And they're, they're able to move on. They're able to move forward then. And so it can be very beneficial even just to check on someone, but it needs to be a legitimate something not just a it's like some kind of sleepover party trick you know um does that make sense am i just rambling it does it, no 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 you you're making quite a bit of sense and it's it's not as if you're playing with a ouija board just right saying who wants to come in and, and play right by the way stay away from ouija boards by the way there you go <laughs> yes <laughs> you've shared some interesting stories so yes yeah, stay away um <laughs> But, but, but that, that, that's an interesting piece uh, that you're saying because when the souls do transition, there is work to be done between lifetimes and yes. but, but the, the lifetime review and everything else. Um, and again, going back to the, this one person who I was very close to who did transition, there at a certain point, um, it ended up being, well, you know, I was able to communicate with her team. If I remember correctly, you, you were able to help me communicate with her team, but she was off doing other things and she would have been there if I needed her to be there. But it respectfully, it's like, no, no, you need to go do these things while you're in, in between in body experiences, please go do that. But if your team can help me out here, that would be fantastic. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think that training is very important for people because there's so much to understand. And uh, I, you know, I just, think that that probably means we have to get it going so. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and we have that on we have it recorded here and it's in my notes darn it yes yes <laughs> so there's no backing out now <laughs> there's none whatsoever so so the flip side of this um uh this might have happened a couple months ago if i remember you sharing this and and again you don't just so people listening into this um even though Terry may share a few tidbits, there's never, ever anything that uh, would, would uh, violate any uh, confidentiality with, with the people who talk with her. So when I bring up things, it's not that she said, hey, by the way, I talked with this person and dot, dot, dot. But there was a situation, if I remember correctly, where someone's daughter had passed. And while you were doing a reading with the, this parent, um, that, that child really wanted to talk with her parent 
And it was very clear to you that her parents wanted nothing of this. So I think that's the flip side of this as well is while you don't want to, if you say disturb the, the soul who's on the other side or interfere with that, that uh, work that they're doing is also if there's a soul who wants to communicate and the person who, for whom you're doing the mediumship is not ready for it, that, that's also part of the professional integrity or whatever you might call that. I'm really glad you brought that up, yes. Uh, it, in fact, that was a very interesting situation because it was an entire family. Uh, I did readings for four people in the family, and it was actually the little girl's grandmother that was there that she kept trying to talk to. And uh, so we had, uh, it was a child who, and of course not breaking any confidentiality, it was just a, a child that had passed away at 19 months. And it was a, a very religious family. And so the fact that they were in Sedona trusting me to do a reading for them was a very big deal. It's, you know, very Christian uh, religions in a lot of cases don't believe that psychic stuff is either real or that it's of the light. They, they're very concerned about that. And so I'm always pretty honored when very Christian people come in and allow me to do readings for them. And I work with the angelic realm, so it's okay, you know, uh, even with their beliefs. But this particular family, there were four of the women, and so there was uh, the grandmother uh, and two aunts and a great aunt that I was reading for of uh, this child. And this child was with every single one of them in the room and really wanted to speak with grandma. Really, I'm, you know, but, and I know what the messages were, but I'll never relay them because, uh, like you said, the, the family was not okay with my going there. They were not okay with that. They were, you know, I feel as if they were at peace with the fact that the child was in God's hands. And they didn't need any more than that. They, nope, not going there. That was way too far over the line as far as their belief system went. And so one of the issues I have with some of the, the mediums that you see on TV and that kind of thing is it's almost like they blindside people. And I find psychics and mediums do this. They get messages for people, and they never bother to check with that person's team to see if it's in that person's best interest to get that message. You know, So when I asked Grandma, would you like to, the soul would like to connect with you, would that be okay? And I have to admit, she's the first one that's ever said no. No, don't do that. <laughs> so she's the first one that's ever come in that I've given that message to, and she said, absolutely not. And so I just casually communicated to the soul that, you know, the soul's team, okay, we're going to ask you to step back now. And that was that, you know, and just with love and clear intention. But both sides need to be respected. So when a psychic or a medium just comes and blindsides somebody with so-and-so is here and they'd like to tell you this and that and the other, well, that's great, but is the person ready to hear it? Because just like we need to make sure the soul is ready to communicate, you need to make sure the other person is ready to communicate as well. And that's something that I also don't see uh, being honored or respected all of the time. I'm not gonna, I, I don't know enough mediums to say whether it's often or not, but I know that it's not respected all of the time. And uh, <clears throat> so that 
I will say to people who have those abilities, don't just because you have a soul communicating to you saying, I've got this message for so-and-so, make sure that so-and-so is ready to hear that message. You know, it's just common courtesy and respect. And that does mean a lot of times that we've got to um, we've got to hold a lot of stuff as a medium. And that's part of what Sharon sees me go through that's so difficult is that um, we, we get these messages and the soul on the other side is so desperate to communicate. But if that person is not ready to hear it, then we just shut up, <laughs> frankly, because it's got to be right for everybody or else it's incredibly disrespectful. And that's why it's so important to learn to... Uh, To communicate with the teams, the angelic teams of everyone involved, your team, the soul's team, the person's team, and find out, is it okay to communicate this? Or at the very least, ask the person and say, I feel like someone is trying to get a message to you. Is it all right if I communicate that to you? You know, and just see how how they respond before you just dump something on them. Because it may just be too much. I've seen times when uh, mediums will do that and the person has not gone through enough healing to be able to receive a message just yet without it really doing some psychological damage. And so we have to remember how important it is, what we do, and how it's, it's not just a goofy trick. It's truly something very important and very big that we do as mediums. And it gets belittled and it gets played down and... And that kind of thing. And as mediums, if it comes very naturally, we we just don't think about it. We don't realize that it's such a big deal for other people. But we need to be more sensitive to that, that it is important. And And on yet another flip side is if you know someone who is a medium, uh, understand that it does take a lot as a medium to do what we do. And so uh, you want to you want to treat it as the gift that it is. Uh, there are people who will just say, you know, hey, can you can you get so and so on the line, and uh, and just <laughs> anytime I've got a question about you know um, my power bill, could you get so and so on the line? You know, and it's just absurdity, and they don't realize it takes a lot for us as well. It's not just a switch we flip on and off. It's it's you know, and you don't know how many people you have or how many pr- people that person has coming at them as a medium to do this same thing, and it's it can be exhausting. <clears throat> and so there should be a reason, a real reason for communicating with the other side. Uh, and again, like we spoke of in the last show, that's not always just, um, it's not always just, souls on the other side it can be ascended masters or star beings or any number of things spirit guides that kind of thing uh mediumship is just you are the middle person between the two dimensions that you're helping two different dimensions or two different well two different dimensions we'll just leave it at that uh, communicate with one another and that's what being a medium is is that middle person and so 
please respect and honor what mediums do and understand that it's not just goofy fun for them. You know, it may be exciting to you, but it's actually work to us. And so, um, you know, there, there needs to be respect on all parts uh, for all sides. And, and that, I think, as people can understand more, uh, that's better. And, yes, Sharon, you can let him down if you'd like. I respond. I did. Oh, hold it, hold it. Hang on a second. Let me go. There's a <laughs> second gate up. We, the, the oh, dogs the are second double gate. Gated. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Technology at its finest. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. So, is there? Yes. Here he comes, and I'll have to post a picture of the beagle. Uh, so that people will know who the little troublemaker is. Oh, yes, and there's the other one. Okay, hello. Yes. Oh, They're like, Mom, we can hear you, but we couldn't see you. So what are some of those other notes that you were jotting from the other show that you would like to cover? Yeah, okay. So the one thing I wanted to just say is what, what you've been talking about here is almost like the mantra is first do no harm. Yes, it really is. You're right. Yes. Yeah regardless of, of who it is, and then just to uh, reemphasize something that you were saying, I'm out of breath here because I'm still getting acclimated to 7,000 plus feet um, <laughs> of, of, el- of elevation here. So excuse me while I'm a wee bit breathless. Um, the, it, it, and I'm not necessarily going to get the words right, but when you've done mediumship, when you've done channeling, the further that, that energy, that entity, that being is away from, this human existence that we have when you Terry come out of that channeling session, <laughs> what I've, <laughs> the, 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 the energy it, it uh, pulls from you is very interesting. In fact, there, I seem to remember one or two occasions where you were pretty much done for the rest of the day. You were just in this different space just because of what it took out of you. So, yes, that's true. And uh, so we do have some, videos on YouTube that are channeling of a star being council that incorporates uh, an area I can't even fathom with a human brain. It's huge. These are star beings from all of these different places that there's actually a council, and I hear people talk about different councils all the time. This particular one is the one that I happen to work with, and uh, it's just oh my gosh, just huge numbers of star beings from all of these different places. And when when you watch the videos or listen to the videos, you'll notice that some people complain because the voice is sometimes very soft. It's sometimes very slow in communicating. Uh, now, when I would do those channelings, it was similar to what you're talking about they were so far away. Wherever they are is so far away that it would take me quite a while to get there uh, and receive that communication. And then when they would use my voice box is what they would do. They'd basically come through and just use my voice box to uh, communicate their message. But my physical body, we'd have to have just huge comforters on me. And uh, because my body would get so cold from these beings coming through, but it would be down in the marrow of my bones. And I would be channeling, 
and I would be just shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking from the cold uh, under all these comforters, and they could only go for so long. You'll hear in some of the videos where they say, we've got to go now because this physical body can take no more, and they have to leave. And and I would come back and have no idea what had happened. And it's funny because uh, I had a, a different person helping me out at that point with technical stuff, and the guidance that we had from uh, from the mystical truth team and the beings that guide me through my work uh, was to, I was not to listen to the recordings until after they were up on YouTube because mm. I would judge them and I would get all paranoid. No, no, we can't say that. And, you know, cause I tend to be a little more conservative of what I put out there. <laughs> and these were messages that needed to get out to people. And uh, so, so this other person would, would post them and then I would hear and it's amazing to me because of how far away they are it's it is so much work to actually get the energy to move the vocal cords enough to be heard and it's very slow because it's so far away and they're they don't speak our language they don't speak in many cases they don't they don't do voices or words you know <laughs> and so it's really very interesting. And then I would be just shot for like the whole next day because of this energy that was coming through. And there was one time even that I went in to go channel and I was not as careful as I normally am as far as the preparation part. And I was gone. And the two people that were helping me, uh, I was laying down because I always had to lay down for those channelings. And the two people that were helping me at that point said that I was – just gone for say 45 minutes or a little over 45 minutes and uh, my breathing was like I was on a respirator and it was this mechanical breathing and they were trying to pull me out of of whatever was happening and they couldn't I was it's I was like essentially dead Um, I mean I was breathing mechanically whatever I was working with was helping me to stay alive physically but I went so far out without doing the preparation. I just hopped right into it, kind of getting cocky maybe, I don't know, lazy, whatever it might have been. And uh, I went to this far, far away place, and I was no longer able to uh, keep my body breathing. And so these star beings had to do so for me. And when I came back, it was uh, was a very difficult time uh, when I did finally come back. <clears throat> and so knowing that things are, it is a very difficult challenge when we do this, uh, if if we're really doing it to an extreme degree. Extreme channeling, extreme mediumship. <laughs> Coming soon to a YouTube channel right? you. <laughs> and so, so, you know, it was a rhyme, reminder for me that you cannot be lazy. You cannot just pop in and pop out it's not a game it's not just something silly it's real and it's dangerous and it takes a lot from us and we have to do it properly just like anybody else who does something that's that's major you know and uh as you know if we're talking to people who have mediumship skills i really want to reiterate that that preparation time ahead of time and the kind of uh, you know, before you 
are practicing mediumship, making sure that you're surrounded in light, making sure that you have clear sight, making sure that you are 100%. And then afterwards, making sure that you clear the room, making sure that you bring in that light around you, around everybody concerned, clearing the whole building. Because once you open that door, all kinds of stuff can find its way in. It's not just the one you're talking to. And you want to make sure that this this wrap-up part of making sure that the light is around you and that you're clearing anything that, that does not belong with you and all of that, that's so important because otherwise you just they'll just follow you around. I I work with people sometimes that have thousands of souls around them because they've been doing mediumship forever and they just think that's a part of life. And it really doesn't have to be, you know? And and so it really does affect their physical health. It affects their life. It, I mean, if you had just thousands of dead people around you, um, it's not going to be super joyful. You know, life is not going to be great. You're not going to feel super healthy because you're surrounded by everything that killed people, you know, the disease, the the tragedy, the whatever. So that wrap-up part is super important, and I really don't see many people do that either. Um, and so if I can express one thing to people who have mediumship skills, whether they're doing it professionally or not, it would be making sure that you are surrounding yourself with your team, with light, clearing everything that is not meant to be around you, that's not healthy for you, just making it go back, you know, back up 10 paces, you know, and just have that bubble of light around you that is just your own energy. That's so important to stay healthy. And so uh, this is something that I really would like to get across to people because I think of anything that's the most important, you know. Um, so, so yes, sometimes when we channel things. <laughs> wow, I'm all over. I am all over the place today. Um, it's just there's so much on this topic, you know. There's just so much on this topic. So yes, there are times when we channel, and I come back, and um, having been a medium for those beings can really wipe me out, even with yeah. all the precautions I take, even with all the steps I take. And so uh, I do think it's important for people to remember how the preparation and wrap-up aspects need to be a priority for them if they're doing any of this work. It just does. It just has to become a part of life. Yeah. And, and, and if I could just add one more thing, and, and I don't think you directly said it, is just making sure that wherever it is that you are doing the channeling or the mediumship is that it is a safe space. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, most definitely. Because, you know, heaven forbid, you're in the middle of something <clears throat> and, you know, um, suddenly somebody comes in and and needs you to deal with X, Y, Z or, hey, I'm angry about what you did this morning or, you know, you just can't have, you don't want to do it where, you know, you're going to be interrupted or you're going to have, you're going to have uh, not so great energy come in while it's happening because this can really affect everybody involved. 
And so it does need to be, uh, my, my mentor used to call it setting up a spiritual hospital. And that's how I see it, is it's as if we're setting up a, a spiritual operating room so that it is absolutely clear, clean, pristine energy and nothing infectious or toxic is going to walk through that door, either energetically or physically. And that's a great description. So, so if I can, I'm going to turn us just a teensy bit, but I think it's, it's along the same line. Um, during, during the first part, you had talked about uh, Grandpa Joe, when, when you as the medium are working with someone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then just the other day, uh, you brought it up as well. But So when you're working with someone and you are – either someone wants to talk with that person or the person is asking specifically to talk to Grandpa Joe in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just yesterday or the day before you were sharing, you might have the room fill up with how many different souls saying they're so-and-so. Could you explain kind of the sorting process? You explained the sorting process that was going on, which is really fascinating. Ah, yes. Okay. So, yeah, once, like I said before, once you sort of open that door, all kinds of things come in wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen. Some are just excited that somebody can see them and hear them. And some are um, a little more manipulative and looking for, you know, and if you listen to part one of this, it'll, it'll go a little bit more into uh, how it works, but looking for something that they can gain from being the one that you speak to. And so they'll come in and, yep, I'm Joe, yep. I'm Uncle Joe. Yep. And you'll have sometimes hundreds of souls come in kind of claiming to be Uncle Joe. <laughs> and so uh, what I do is, again, because I work with the angelic realm, I work with my angels, the client's angels, and the soul's angels. And so I'll ask questions. And a lot of times people think this is fishing for something to pretend I'm being a medium or whatever. But what's actually happening is as I have you answering questions about this person or uh, talking about your relationship with them or whatever it might be, I'm seeing the ones that align with what you're saying, usually the one, but sometimes there are others that can, that can kind of relate to it. So it's part of the sorting process. I see them brighten up, come a little closer, and the ones that don't fit with that go back. And I'll ask clarifying questions to now I'm scanning the five, maybe, three to five that have stepped forward. And one of them is Uncle Joe, right? And so I'll watch the lights uh, of these beings as you were talking about them. And then there's a connection. There's like a cord connection that starts to highlight. And I can see which one that cord goes to. And then I can move the others back. And now we've got, we've got Uncle Joe or Grandpa Joe, or whoever it was, right? And so now I've identified this one. Now, if I didn't know that sorting process, anyone that was the loudest and the proudest coming up saying, I'm so-and-so, could be heard. And, and people think, well, but they knew all the facts about him. But they knew that he was such and such, and he loved fishing, and he whatever. Well, yeah, because they're all standing in the same room, you know, they're all right there. <laughs> they can psychically pick up on what's going on with Uncle Joe or Grandpa Joe or whoever it was. And and so they're able to give you facts. 
Just because somebody gives you facts doesn't mean it's the person. And that's one of the biggest misunderstandings that I see. Well, yeah, but you didn't give me such specific facts. Well, because you already knew those, and he probably didn't feel the need (laughs) to tell you something you already knew. It's more meaningful stuff. It's not, you know, I had one lady who said, well, what did his class ring look like? Well, he's gone and he doesn't care about his class ring. He doesn't even remember what it looks like. You don't carry every single thing with you to the other side. And it it was just somebody who was, you know, proved to me that you're a medium. And I thought, well, you're wasting your money, you know. Um, So when we are sorting through and finding the right one, it's, that's a little bit of a process. And so it's getting the connection uh, sort of energized in speaking back and forth with the client and then seeing who, which of those souls is actually connected with that because we're energizing it, energizing it, energizing it by having the person here think about it. And then I can see where it goes more clearly and see, okay, no, this is the one out of these hundreds of souls. This is the one that we want to talk to. We move everybody else back. And now we can talk to so-and-so. But people who don't refine, who knows who they're talking to? And they may be, oh, clear as day, this soul told me they were so-and-so. And and look, they knew that he wore checkered shirts and plaid pants and whatever it may be, well, yeah, because they were, they can either psychically pick up on what you're thinking about with the person, the soul that's pretending to be Joe, right, can pick up on what you're feeling, or if Joe happens to be there, can look right over or can pick up on what Joe is portraying, and they can give you all kinds of facts. But in my experience, when the souls come through and they're communicating they don't give you what their birth date was, what their favorite color was, what their, unless it's really necessary, they don't really do that. And so for me, when I hear those things coming through or hear other psychics working with those things, it's like maybe just double check because it's kind of that um, too much meaningless stuff is being provided just to prove they are so-and-so instead of actual meaningful information coming through to help in the process that is occurring. Does that make sense? It does, and, and that summarizes some of the things that you've mentioned uh, dur- during this, this show, and, and a lot of it is they're not here just to have, I'm assuming most of the time, uh, if not all the time, they're not here for just simple chit-chat. They're here, they want to communicate for a reason. Right, and the ones that are here for simple chit-chat are typically not the ones you're looking for. They're the ones that are pretending. Right, yeah. And, and, and so the sorting process you do, it, it just blows my mind, especially the first time that you were talking about this, is it happens so quickly. You do this so quickly um, to be able to get figure out who that, the, the right one is to bring forward. And it, it's just very interesting to see how, what you're doing behind the scenes as you're working with someone as a medium. Um, and then, again, going back to why it, is, it takes a lot out of you to do this because you are doing it properly. Yes, and also now those hundreds of souls that are in the room, I deal with the person who's in front of me, the client. I finish up what they needed done. And either in the meantime or after they leave, 
I then connect all of those other souls with their angels and make sure all of those other souls are okay because it's an opportunity to make sure that they're connected with their angels, that they're not stuck, that they're not inadvertently in the darkness and didn't choose to be there, that kind of thing. So, um, so that's why we move this stuff, we move the others back. We don't just eliminate them because each and every mediumship session is an opportunity to be of service healing souls on the other side. And that's really what I specialize in is helping those souls on the other side. Um, And so there is a lot happening behind the scenes. And it's funny because you would never even know, like we don't, (laughs) you know, we're just in a regular old room with regular old lights and it's just no big deal. It's not, you know, there's no setting the scene with like candles and this and that. And it's not like a seance and the drama, <laughs> you know, it nope, really, nope. <laughs> it really is just, I mean, the day that, that we were talking about in the first show with, um, with your, your person who had passed away and the peanut butter pie and, and all of that, yeah. that was in the middle of a restaurant. Right. And then again, in the middle of a bank, just as mm-hmm. life was going on and nobody ever knew what was happening, you no. know? And so it doesn't have to be this big, dramatic thing. You know, it can just be very simple and natural because it is very simple and natural. You just have to make sure that you're handling it property, properly for everyone's safety. And so that's the big thing. Uh, as a medium or as somebody who sees souls or hears souls or experiences souls, whatever it might be, you really want to learn how do I do this and be okay because there is a lot going on behind the scenes um i don't think it has to be a big major dramatic thing uh well i know that it doesn't have to be because i've been doing it for so long (laughs) you know i'm in my 50s now and i've done it pretty much my whole life so it doesn't have to be dramatic and in fact in most cases when it is dramatic you're not connecting with the right stuff anyway so um yeah so there is a lot happening and it is a wonderful opportunity for healing for everybody. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. What else you got on that notepad? Well, um, I'm kind of at the end of the questions on my notepad. Are you? For this, 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 I am, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> uh, okay. So I will encourage people if they have questions about this or if they want more information, to go to mysticaltruth.com. Sign up for our newsletter, our Angel Whispers. They're both free, uh, and you'll be updated on any events that are happening, classes that are happening. And then you can always email me through there or or get a hold of me via the phone number that's on there um, if you have, you know, desire for sessions or training or even just questions uh, that maybe I can help you with. So now, mind you, I'm not one of those people who does free readings, so don't necessarily think that if you email with questions about where is my future husband that I'm going to respond, because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Your favorite topic. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but legitimate questions, and you know, I'm here to be of service, uh, especially for people who are healers and leaders and and that kind of thing, and so uh, teachers. So I welcome anybody to contact us. And definitely check out the shows in the archives. We've got almost 100 of them, and we're going to continue doing more. 
So I really appreciate everybody joining us. And uh, feel free to subscribe so that you know when things are being, when shows are being posted. And we do have iTunes and Stitch, I think it is as well. The show's available on there. And uh, I do offer awakening coaching. Coaching, and Miss Sharon is an amazing fused glass artist. And uh, oh, you can find you. her where at Red Dog Creations LLC dot com. And very soon I will have a uh, location in Flagstaff, Arizona that is up and running as well. Woohoo! I know, big thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I am very excited for the things that are coming. And Sharon does do amazing work, so definitely check out her website and look for the new products that are coming as well. And uh, we will actually be doing a show on one of uh, the things that she does called a chestahedron, which is a sacred geometrical shape that does all kinds of nifty things for you. So one of these days we'll be doing a chestahedron show, and uh, you can find those on Sharon's website or in her studio as well. So, All right, we're going to wrap it up, and uh, we've gone about an hour and a half, so I want to thank everybody for joining us. Do follow The Mystical Truth on Facebook. Instagram, yeah. What are, where, how do they find us, Sharon? <laughs> uh, they, they can find us, uh, yes, on Facebook with the, the Mystical Truth and um, on Instagram. <clears throat> and uh, they're also on Twitter. There are, there's a Twitter feed as well for Mystical Truth. Okay, super. And hopefully we have those on the website to uh, click through to. So. We will double-check those, yes. All right, awesome. Make, them click, make sure they're clickable. Superb. All right, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope this helped some people. And um, tune in again for our next show, whatever that may be. (laughs) Everybody have a great day. Thank you, Sharon, for everything. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) 